Welcome to the Rare Hour with Christopher Valona. Please join us as we talk about the rare disease journey. We'll discuss the who, the what, and the why of rare diseases and the special needs community. We'll also reflect on the highs and lows of some of these awful conditions and how they affect us on a daily basis. We welcome you to the Rare Hour and just know you're not alone. Many of us out there are struggling just like you. So sit back and listen, cry, and laugh. Today on the Rare Hour with Christopher Valona. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Christopher Valona, director of Project Sebastian, here on the Rare Hour with myself. So I just uh, just wanted to just jump on here and uh, give everybody just a little, you know, taste of what's going on. I haven't recorded a show since uh, the middle of August. A lot's been happening, and um, it's been challenging, uh, to say the least, Uh but uh, there's always some high points in there with some bad points, you know. Uh, let's talk about the high points. Global Genes Conference in September was absolutely awesome. Enjoyed meeting a lot of people that I only knew online and to uh, make some new family connections and to promote the, uh, the Project Sebastian uh, support groups out there for everyone to uh, hear about that so they know where to go to get some community support. and. Um, it was really great to see a lot of the uh, the different types of people supporting rare disease out there inside the expo at uh, Global Genes. It just did a really great job, a really great job. Uh, really happy that I went. I went with uh, Jessica and Sebastian, and uh, we got to meet a lot of cool people. Although it really wasn't geared towards uh, you know children of rare. It was more like symposiums and uh, you know people talking about what's going on and how to get resources and stuff like that. But um, yeah, Sebastian was welcomed with open arms, and I was really happy to see people just kind of just gravitate towards him, you know, uh, as they always do. But in this situation, you just never know if people just they're going to a, an adult medical conference, or you know, they just don't want to be dealing with children. And you know, Sebastian's a rare adult now, so we've transitioned out of that child and teenage space and into the rare adult space, which is really you know, it's challenging. Uh, kind of don't know where to <laughs> put him on this scale of, uh, you know, the cycle of life, so to speak, you know. Um, and the reason why I say that is because a lot of the people in the space and uh, our doctors uh, and people in, that uh, do batten disease research, you know, say that he's not supposed to be alive and that, uh, you know, he was supposed to be dead already. And, you know, here we are almost at 20 years of age, uh, which is amazing. And I'm believe me, I'm happy about that. Uh, but, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's been a weird time, just kind of like, where do we fit in? Um, you know, the littles, as I call them, uh, they're, they're so cute and they're like newborn babies and, uh, you know, they're one and two and three and four and five and six and seven years old littles. And, you know, there's all kinds of people rushing to uh, raise awareness for their disease and, and, you know, try to raise money for some sort of treatment. And, uh, you know, then there's like the, the, you know, those kids after 10 years old are the preteens. And uh, you don't hear a whole lot about teenagers, uh, you know, 
um, that have uh, these debilitating fatal illnesses uh, that start off so early in life. You know, I'm starting to find a few of them, but then there are the rare adults who have survived all that uh, in their category, which is uh, awesome and, you know, extremely uncomfortable to find your place uh, in this world sometimes, you know. So I just... You know, it's uh, been challenging as I've been starting to talk to a few other rare advocates in the space who are actually rare disease patients themselves. Um, you know, people uh, who, you know, have had rare disease all their life and they're now adults, you know. You know, some of them are dying and some of them are not. Some of them are just going to, you know, have these diseases forever and be debilitated forever, you know. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Sebastian. I don't understand any of it. I don't think anybody really does in uh, Batten disease. Um, you know, the research is uh, certainly bustling, and they certainly are doing whatever they can to, to figure it out, you know, but uh, it's not the case for Sebastian. You know, there are over 12 or 13 known variants. It changes all the time, depending on who you talk to in this disease. So they're given numbers, and Sebastian has the number eight. And uh, while each variant does share a lot of, you know, the issues such as blindness and epilepsy and, uh, you know, issues with uh, fine motor skills, uh, each category has its own set of circumstances and has to have its own set of treatments and cures. You know, know, there is no cure. I take that back. And I don't think I'll ever see a cure in my lifetime, you know. that's what I'm pissed off about. And uh, a lot of people, you know, I don't know if they agree with me or not, but I'm, I'm, uh, come to the, the issue that I'm pissed, you know, I've been lied to, I've been suckered. I've been uh, misled, uh, all for either research or natural history studies or, you know, things of that nature, money, money's been spent, money's been wasted, money's been, uh, Jesus, I'm, I'm so sick and tired of fundraising for something that's never going to happen. All the time you miss out on what's right in front of us, and that's your child, and that's for me as Sebastian and my other son, Gage, and um, I'm just, you know, it's sad, it's sad, you know, that I just... It's hard not to uh, speak on it. You know, I don't give a shit what you hear or what you think of me. I don't care unless you're in my world, you're in my home. You, you'll never really get it. And uh, to all the parents out there that have lost their children to this disease, I love you, and I commend you on the fight. Uh, and I am really, really, really fighting that I don't become one of those statistics of losing a child. Um, to this disease, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. It looks like it's going to happen with or without me. So, and uh, I guess it's just so frustrating just to, you know, if you go back over the last decade, we were trying to figure this thing out, you know, and, uh, you know, spending money on research dollars to really get us no closer to a treatment, let alone a cure that's going to help children like Sebastian in our variant it just feels like, you know, a lot of wasted time. But then people would argue, well, if you did nothing, where would you be? I, you know what? This kid, my son, hasn't had one fucking piece of treatment, one needle, anything, nothing. 
it's been because of me and training him like a first round draft pick going to the NFL and having a team of people at the school, having a team of people around me, having uh, people in his life that, that uh, constantly are challenging him mentally, physically, and spiritually, you know, the parents, the parents do it all. Okay. And so, you know, without having any medical treatment or anything like that, he's still here. I don't know if it's because of us, but shit, I don't know. I'm pissed. I'm upset. You know, who wouldn't be in my situation? You know, nobody likes to watch their child deteriorate in front of them. And, uh, it's really, really fucked up. And, uh, there's nothing that anyone can do. You know, they say acceptance is the answer to all my problems, but there's just some things I'm just not willing to accept wholeheartedly, you know, not 100% of the time. And I don't know if you feel like me out there who you're watching your child die or your family member die. And, uh, it sucks. I don't think people are really talking about that. Yeah, you know, we can spread good faith, hope, and, you know, waiting on others, but I, I just choose not to do that shit anymore. I trusted the doctors. I trusted pharmaceutical companies. I trusted hospitals and they all fucking lied. You know, you know, not maybe at first, but you know, maybe the intent was there to do the right thing. But at the end, it's always comes down to money. It's fucking always about money. We need more money. We need to do this. Uh, we need to make it profitable. We need to have more people in a clinical fucking trial. And, and I think they forgot about the reasons as to why they were asking you for money. It was to save lives, to move the science. They met only one fucking other family that has moved the science. And that's uh, Kristen and Gordon, you know, the grace. I, I, I don't know what else anybody else is really doing for treatment you know, outside of uh, BioMarin, you know, whereas, I mean, all this money, all this science, nothing except for a couple of things. And those aren't really even really doing their job. You know, they're prolonging the inevitable. And I feel for those families because it's awful. You know, at least they have some sort of hope they're getting some sort of treatment. You know, over here, not so much. <laughs> And so as we sit there and go through, you know, the past, it really, it really frustrates us. It makes it hard to, to be present. It makes it really hard. You know, I don't know about you, but if you've been lied to and you find out why you've been lied to and that whole time that you were doing something, you thought we were doing the right thing, just gets stopped and, oh, we made a mistake or, or hey, no, I'm not going to do it anymore. It's, it's really hard to go forward and it's really hard to, uh, Put your faith in others. You know, I always just trust myself, you know. I haven't done anything except to, like, put my fucking faith in my son. This kid's a real fighter. You should meet Sebastian before he dies. He's fucking amazing. He's smart. He's funny. And he just works his ass off. And whether that's walking to go to the bathroom or trying to get to the school bus, man, oh, man, that kid has really changed my life. He's really helped me understand what is important. You know, we have to, you know, depend on each other. Because that's all we have. You know, dealing with a lot of shit. Dealing with abandonment issues from a parent. We're dealing with 
money issues from the state, dealing with lack of caregivers. Uh, we're dealing with a whole lot of stuff. And I find it very challenging to really just put on a happy face and be that guy. Hey, yeah, that's Chris from Project Sebastian. He's great. You know, not every day, not every day, you know, it fucking really hurts to wake up in the morning knowing I have to do this all over again. It's uh, taxing. It's frustrating. It's debilitating. My mental health is suffering. And uh, it's about time we all talk about it. It's about time that people really understand, you know, the gravity of not only having a, you know, a diseased child, but what happens during and after that diseased child is here or he passes away. It's just amazing that people just fucking don't even do shit. They don't even care. They don't. There's a big trend going around about, you know, what you can do to help families or help the caregiver and stuff like that. And it's uh, there are a lot of great ideas out there. But, but nothing more striking than people that don't understand this situation because you're not in it. And for the people that have normal children, I mean, what is normal? It's the setting on a washer, right? But the people that have healthy children, I guess I should say, that don't have medical issues or complex medical children or have multiple diseases in one child, they just run. They don't get it. They don't want to know it. They just, they're trying to be nice, but they don't really care. And that isolation that people are talking about, it's fucking real, man. And I'm not asking for your pity. I'm just listening to listen. I mean, I want you guys just to hear it and understand that in this world of rare disease and special needs children, it is fucking lonely. Even when you find your tribe, there's no time to get together. Uh, they're always doing the same thing that you're doing, taking care of their kid, going to doctor's appointments, trying to figure out treatments, trying to go to therapies. You see them, you know, once in a while, you know, but at least the phone calls help, right? Yeah. It's sad. I don't know. I'm not giving up. I'm just pissed. And I'm doing something about it. Yeah, I created these support groups for people like me who are fed up about waiting for others to do something. Well, this self-centered son of a bitch that you're listening to right now created a fucking support group that I love because I get to be who I am and talk about what I want to talk about. And guess what? There's people in there that are talking about what I'm talking about. That support system is so important for us. I didn't want to wait every quarter or once a year. I didn't want to fucking wait every six months. I wanted to meet people now. I wanted to get people right now on a weekly basis. So I see them every week. And I'm glad for what I did. I'm so happy to uh, Henry Mayo, Newhall Hospitals for you know letting us do this. What a great resource they have become for us where we just basically united forces and uh, let people know in the medical community, hey, there's a rare disease support group in town. If you're struggling with a loved one or if you're struggling with your own rare disease or you're a rare adult, this is a place where you can turn to get some support. And I'm proud of that. You know, I hope you join us. Currently, we're at 11 a.m. on Tuesdays uh, on Zoom in that specific time because we're in California if you're listening to this somewhere else. And if you wanted to come on over, uh, just go to the website, projectsebastian.org, and uh, click on the meetings tab, and it'll give you the address. Uh, you know, I, um, I'm angry, and I'm okay. 
to tell you these things, and I feel confident that you either will or will not agree with me because it always goes 50-50, but I don't care. But I do care, and it's sad that I have to like get out here and just dump my garbage. I can't talk to my therapist anymore about this shit because she she's a great person, but I just don't I don't think she gets it. You know, I need the people that are in this in this space to understand me, and it's man, it's hard, you know. So I get what I can give, and I give what I can get. It's just today is almost December. When I recorded this, it's uh, Wednesday, the thirtieth of November, and uh, coming into the last month of this year. I just wanted to get real, real raw, and to tell you, if you know somebody like me who's struggling uh, with this whole situation of watching your child die, reach out to them, would you? And I'm not talking about, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Okay, yes, see ya. Why don't you do something for them, you know? Instead of picking up the phone, why don't you come to their house, you know? Check in on them. Why don't you get to know my son? Why don't you get to know their son? Why don't you just ask yourself what I can do for that person who's struggling today, you know, and stop trying to fucking fix it. That's another thing I'm pissed off. You can't fucking fix this shit, but you can be a part of a support system. One that doesn't judge, one that doesn't uh, talk shit, one that just basically shows up and says, what do you got going on today? Well, I'm going, uh, I got this appointment, I got that appointment, I got to take care of my other son, I got to walk the dog, and shit, I still got to make dinner, and you know, why don't you ask yourself, what could you do? You could probably walk the dog. Shit, you could probably drive them. You could probably pick up their son, or if their kids aren't, uh, you know, if they're already driving a car, maybe you maybe you buy the family dinner. And I'm not saying we, we need handouts. I'm just saying that a little thing like, hey, let me help you move along the laundry. You know, let me sit with your son while you can have a shower. So you're not worried about your son passing out or knocking himself out from having a seizure because he needs constant care. Hmm? These are the little things I'm talking about. I'm not asking you guys to just come out of nowhere and just be these saints, but just understand and have the common fucking sense and just be rational. What would you want people to do for you if you were in this situation? What help would you want, right? And as men, God, we are destructive fucking idiots, man. We are just full of ego and pride. It's so hard for us to ask for help, right? Because we're doing everything. And believe me, I'm that guy. I do 95% of the chores every day, all day for this household, okay? I do it. But I'm tired. And I'm getting older and I'm getting not as I am. I'm, I'm failing. And I had shoulder surgery, blew out my bicep. You know, I'm getting ready to go into hamstring surgery. I'm going to be incapacitated. And now because of my arrogance, I have no fucking help and I have to rely on elders and I hate it. My friend says, you don't have to like it, but you have to change. And here I am trying to change. And it's really hard. You know, so yeah, I'm pissed, I'm upset, and I'm angry. And I understand if you want to stay away from somebody like me, but there's a lot of me's out there that are feeling this way that are afraid to talk about it because then you won't ever come around, <laughs> right? Yeah, 
But we're not all so bad when you get to know us. We're not that bad. And no, we're not just like other normal parents. Sick of that shit, too. You would think that parents who had this situation or had come across this life-threatening disease or there was an incapacitated child, that they would just do it, just like everybody else, like every other parent. You're wrong. A lot of parents fucking do not show up. They bounce. They don't fucking hang in there. They don't do it. Leaving it, you know, half of a team. So it's not easy. This is not normal. It's really hard. And I just want you to think about that when you're listening to this podcast. Think about what you can do for that rare disease family, that special needs family. You see that person, maybe you see them in church, they're struggling. You see them at work, maybe they're struggling. You know, how about just like a a pat on the back and say, I see you. Do you need help today? What can I do? You know, I I remember, (laughs) this was stupid, but I remember when I was uh, newly divorced and I was trying to work a regular job, which turns out you just can't. And 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 I remember one of my strange, strangers at the time, strange coworker, she just brought me a coffee from Starbucks, I think. She sat on the table and she goes, I noticed that you were late this week. I just hope everything's okay. I know this is not a lot, but, you know, I, I know you like Starbucks. <laughs> and that meant everything to me today. You know, that's what I'm talking about. You know, I'm not talking about paying it forward for, you know, I'm not talking about just think about what you would do if you were in this situation, what would you want? How would you help someone? How would you want someone to help you? And that's what you do. You take the next indicated step. You take that next right action. You know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a gift card because it's the holiday season to a grocery store or to a gas card. I don't know. Maybe it's like, hey, I'm going to uh, uh, watch your kids so that you and your significant other can go see a movie without worry or, well, as much worry, right? Something like that. Get to know these families, people, okay? Because it's important. Don't be that asshole that says, oh, my God, I heard that this child died again. Oh, God, I wish I would have done something. Don't be that idiot. Reach out to people and check in and mean it. Don't feel guilted by it. Just if you don't want to do it, don't waste our time. And if you do, hopefully it comes from the heart. You know, charity doesn't have to mean dollar signs or gift cards or anything like that. Those things help. But I'm just talking about time. Time. Put the time in. Become that person that is so rare in this world. I'm trying to become that person. true. The rare disease dad is trying to become better. I'm trying every day (laughs) to do something for someone else. And I'm not getting anything in return. And I'm not seeking. And I don't want attention. And I don't need you to return the favor. That's what I'm talking about. Being present for someone else. You know, we need people like like that in this world. None of this tit for tat, drop the rock, 
stop the bullshit, and be a better person. As my younger son's teacher said to me, do better. Do better, Chris. <laughs> it was then I never realized that I, I stopped learning. And since that day, a few years ago, I've decided never to not stop learning. Every day I try to learn something. And right now I'm learning about myself. And with some time, maybe you can too. But it starts with the guy in the mirror. Not what anybody else is doing on social media or what this fucking person said. It's about that person in the mirror. Look at that guy. Look at that gal and say, God damn it. We have some work to do. I don't know about you, but I feel a hell of a lot better dumping this. And this is what I do in my support group. I get to be real. And hopefully somebody listening to this will reach out to me and say, hey, I see you. Hey, I understand. Or maybe not. But I'm not going to stop talking about this stuff. So yeah, I'm angry. But this is me telling you how it is. Take it or leave it. Do what you want. Just leave the rest for us. We're still going to be here until we can't do it anymore. So that's enough out of me. I'm off my soapbox. I appreciate you chiming in to the, uh, the Rare Hour with Christopher Valona. <sighs> Feel good. All right, guys. If I don't talk to you, happy holidays. Hopefully I get another show in before the end of the year. If you want to be on the show and you want to be a guest, uh, always drop me a line, chris at projectsebastian.org, and we'll get you on the show. All right, guys. Take care. Today's podcast brought to you by... In today's challenging world, addiction is on the rise. Over 22 million people are suffering from substance abuse. As these numbers continue to rise, it becomes more difficult to find answers. At CSG Consultants, our sober coaches will offer you a path of solutions to help you find sobriety. With over 25 years of experience, we share a passion for helping others just like you. Whether you're looking for a rehab, sober living, counseling, or just a conversation, CSG Consultants can put you on the path to recovery. Visit us on the web at consultingwithcsg.com or call us today at 877-96-SOBER and start making your sober steps today. Thank you for joining us on The Rare Hour with Christopher Valona. We appreciate your listening. If you have a story or want to talk about your journey, please reach out to us at info at projectsebastian.org and put Rare Hour in the subject line. We hope to have you on the show. You can find us at www.projectsebastian.org, on Facebook at Project Sebastian, on Instagram at Project Sebastian One, and on Twitter at Gaga V Project. Don't forget, you can find us on the Clubhouse app too. Just search Rare Disease. <laughs>